let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Outpost of Heaven, the podcast. I'm Emily, and I'm here as always with Andrew. Hey guys, and we might sound <laughs> so much better than usual. I hope so, because... because we're on a new mic that's yeah. the same as our old mic. It just doesn't have any... Uh, medicine in it. Yeah. If you missed last week's episode. Debacle. Yeah. We had medicine spilled into our microphone and it got all gross and weird and we had to get a new one. But hopefully we sound great. And (laughs) (laughs) um, I'm a little bit excited, a little bit nervous to have the conversation that we're going to have today. Mm -hmm. Um, We are going to be talking about our dog, Oslo, and our experience with him so far and just in case you're wondering like how is this going to relate back to applying the gospel of jesus christ in your lives oh it will it will andrew's really good at that sometimes i'm like this episode i could do this and probably forget about tying in the gospel <laughs> but andrew is so good at naturally just like bring everything back well i think we both and, developed well, that as a culture for in our marriage right but you're so good at like doing it because it's such a part of who you are that like everything is spiritual to you i actually had a so my trainer on my mission hated that i did that oh he doesn't listen to this he doesn't okay good (laughs) i'm i'd be super surprised if he did (laughs) and i would tease him about it because he would get really frustrated with people that would just like find gospel lessons in everything and that's exactly who you are. And so he would always, like, like when he was cooking, mm-hmm. he would jokingly say things like, Elder, as I was slicing this knife through this potato, I was thinking about how it represented <laughs> the knife of the gospel slicing through. And just, you know, I, I made that up all, like off, off the cuff. But right now, something yeah. like that all the time. And he would say it kind of you know, tongue-in-cheek. And so I started, like, playing up those things just to, like, Like, making them him. real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it drove him crazy. He said the only person who could uh, consistently find gospel messages in everyday things was President Monson because he loved President Monson, who was the previous president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He loved President Monson's talk about Lion King, or the Lion King. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't personally remember that. I think it was a BYU devotional, actually. So he loved that talk. So he said that was the only one, like the only person that could do that on a regular basis was was, uh, President Monson. And so I I would tease him by finding legit spiritual messages or spiritual lessons Mm -hmm. in everyday life. Um, And this this isn't going to be just a, like, oh, we found some spiritual lesson from from having a dog. It's going to be... Like how we're going to talk about how having Oslo has been good, and in some ways how it's been a challenge to Let keep me our home an outpost of heaven. Let me tell you, <laughs> there have been some serious ups and downs. No, serious downs in my relationship with Oslo. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say there have been serious ups. 
<laughs> they've been like like normalness, not like super big ups. Yeah, but like some really really big downs. Yeah. So and, and I and think... I like I don't want to be so okay. I want to be really honest with you, but I don't want to be so honest to the point that like that I am like detracting from this band. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> so I'm gonna be honest, but I'm not going to rant right. like I do to Andrew. And I'm going to give a disclaimer that Emily's <clears throat> that Emily f- forgets about when she gets in her anti oslo mood. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Emily gets very sensitive to smells and textures when she is pregnant. I mean don't we all though? I do not. No, I mean, all, <laughs> all pregnant women. Though. I don't know. So, Emily's very sensitive to smells and textures and like. And just kind of things. I just get really like picky about. Like extra irritable. Extra irritable, yeah. you know? Yeah. Anyways. So, we got Oslo back in February. So I, yeah. So, that disclaimer, though, I think that oh, this, is, this sorry. would be very different were you not pregnant. Very likely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. So take everything... Take that... Everything, everything that is said, take that into consideration as you are... Yeah. It, as you are listening and as you are thinking about getting a dog or if you have a dog or are in the process of training a puppy or something, um, yeah. Hopefully this will help. I mean, we're not just going to rant we're gonna talk about how we've been training him and all the things yeah. so and it has been very good too it's not just very bad no it really has he's he really is probably the best dog i've ever known emily just had very high only positive expectations yeah i don't know why anyways so we okay. should talk about expectations let's just, Are we okay. talking about, do we have let's, expectations in there no we no don't, we'll have but to we will that. include that okay on there i'm referring to our little outline we have we had some people sending questions and so we were gonna answer questions yeah Okay, well, first of all... Funny thing. Funny thing. Funny things I've Googled since having a dog. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Why is my puppy's bladder leaking while he walks? <laughs> uh, like, the second or third week we had him... No, it was after that because it was like, okay, you should be potty trained right now, I feel yeah. like. And then he just, like, started walking around, and he would just, like, drip pee everywhere. I'm like, what is going on? And it wasn't, like, like, puddles. It was just no, little No, it was dribbles. just, like, little dribbles all over the place. It was like Anyways. he peed and then forgot to shake off. Yeah, it was like, ew. <laughs> ew, don't. Okay. So anyways, I took him to the vet. It was like, I didn't take him to the vet for this, but it was like his monthly checkup where they give you a heartworm pill and they do a weight check. Um, and they do that every month for a year, at least where we're at. Um, anyway, so it was like the, the right timing for that appointment anyway. So I asked them to like... Like, what is going on with this? Anyways, his bladder was, like, swollen and red. And so she was like, well, he he could have a slight bladder How infection. did she see his bladder? They did an ultrasound. Oh, really? Yeah. How do you tell the color? I don't know. You didn't ask when they said it was red? No. Maybe it just just inflamed in that. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I didn't ask. But, um, yeah, so he, like, had the start of a bladder infection. And so they gave him, like, a antibiotic for it. Okay. And then it stopped, like, pretty soon after, like, the next day. Yeah. Anyways. Um, how much chocolate is too much chocolate for a dog? What did he eat that one time? Was it... I think it was just some chocolate chips that had fallen on the Yeah, I think the kids... We uh, eat way too many chocolate chips in our home. We always have a bag of, 
like a several... a Sam's Club size bag of, of Nestle chocolate chips in the freezer. Yeah, and we'll just like randomly walk past the freezer and dunk our hand in. <laughs> yeah, it's like a weird. I, it's a habit that <laughs> it's I picked a staple. Up. It's like what we do. Yeah, it's like uh, it's a habit I picked up from my dad because he always kept. Yeah, he does that. A bag of frozen chocolate chips. In but the we've done that like since we got married. I feel like. Yeah. Anyways, the answer to that is... He used to hide them, too. He did? Yeah. And I remember one time I found them. I was a teenager. Oh. I was like, what is this glory? <laughs> yeah, now Ruth will just like open up the freezer and get a chocolate chip. I'm like, excuse me, no. <laughs> you have to ask for that. <laughs> I don't have to ask anyone problem, for that. <laughs> the problem with the freezer being on the bottom yeah. instead of the top. <laughs> it's like a drawer, so they just pull the drawer out. Anyways, the answer to that dog question is, from what we found on Google... Is one ounce of chocolate per pound of dog. Like, if it meets that level or exceeds that amount, like, that's too much. Like, yeah. that's danger. Yeah. So, so also that would be like, like two pounds. He's like of 45 pounds right now. Yeah. So, like, two and a half pounds of chocolate. Yeah, that's a lot of chocolate. Yeah. I don't think we ever have that much. No. Chocolate. So, I think, I mean, I, when he had had those few chocolate chips, We're I was like, like, he's gonna die. He's gonna die. Like, we just killed our dog. And, yeah, no, you have to eat a lot of chocolate as a dog for it to be dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, when will the puppy phase end? Depends, Depends on, on the breed. We have, okay, we didn't say this in the beginning. We'll back up and like do some like training tips and stuff like that and where he came from yeah. and all that stuff. But so he is a German short haired pointer mixed with a Llewellyn setter. Which is a type of English setter. Yes. And he, uh, from what we've researched, the puppy phase, the quote unquote puppy phase, will end around two years old. Yep. Um, yeah. So he'll be a year in December, this coming December. So we still have another year and a few months. Yeah, but he's a lot better now he, than he, he was. He really is even a, lot, a few months ago. A lot more mellow than he was. Okay, why is my dog shedding so much? Um, there's a lot of different things for that, but when it, I feel like when summer hit, he like went through a big shedding phase, which is like normal, and then. I guess when they get stressed out, they will, like, drop their hairs, um, which sounds really silly, but, like, like when I've noticed, like, when I'm training him and he's not getting it and I'm getting frustrated or when he's in trouble or he's being punished, like, he'll drop his hair right there where you're at. Like, he will, like, start shedding a ton. And then he also sheds a lot after getting out of a bath, and I don't know if it's, like, the water and, like, the bath process or if it's because he hates water and he hates baths, and so that's stressing him out, and mm -hmm. so he's shedding because of stress. So, yeah, those are some answers. Um, when will his testicles drop? Yeah. Uh, when that started, it was, like, a few weeks before that started, he was just, like, he kind of changed. Like, his personality was a little bit different, and he was just, like ignoring me and not like acting like he didn't know the he, commands he went through his teenage like, rebellious phase i know <laughs> like he was just like not listening and not like he seriously acting like he'd never learned a thing in his life when like we work with him every single day with like training and commands and stuff um so that was frustrating so i was googling when will his testicles drop like like basically when will that phase be over and then right after she started googling when can i cut when can i cut them off, off? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, really though. Um, and for that, um, it's recommended that you wait till a year or until they've like fully hit their um, like growth. Yeah. Their, so for, for their, big dogs, it's about a year. About a year. And also, it's not like a giant dog. No, right. I would say he's like medium to large. Yeah, but he's not large. I would but say I feel he's like, like, there's like medium such a, to large. I feel like the spectrum for large is so big. Yeah. Right? Like, there's a small spectrum for small dogs. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, the medium-ish large... Like, the medium-ish dogs. And then you have, like, a huge section of large dogs that I would say... I would say large dogs, like... St. Bernard's and Mastiff's. Well, weight-wise, what would you say? Great Danes. I would say a large dog starts from, like... I would say... 60 or 70 Yeah. Up. Yeah. And so also won't really be... He won't really. I mean, 70 would be like his reach. max if he ever gets there. But I don't think that is going to happen. He's already started to plateau around 45. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be good. I think he's a good yeah. weight. He's good. Um, okay. Does testicle dropping affect behavior? Yes, it absolutely does. Um, when can he run? We, I, I've looked this one up so many times just because I'm like, well, is it really that late? Like, is it really important if I wait? Because it's 18 months is the yeah. suggested. That's a long time. Yeah. When he was so excited to get a dog so he could run with the right. dog. Right. Me. I'm, yeah. I was excited. Also wasn't excited. <laughs> no, well, oh, he, he is. He, is. he loves excited. to run. But. Yeah, like every time I get ready to run, he wants to, he waits at the door and like just sits and kind of waits for me. Yeah, it's very cute. Um, But I, so he is... Eight-ish months now? No, not almost nine months, right? Um, December, January, March, April, May, June, July, August. Yeah, he's coming up on eight months. Nine months. Eight months. No, he's born November. No, he's born December twenty-eighth. Yes, he was. No, yes, he was. No, <laughs> yes, he was. I know exactly what we were doing at that very day. Okay. Okay. So December twenty-eighth. Coming up on eight months, but. Uh, I do run with him once a week or so for like a mile for a mile and it's a slower mile. Yeah. But he loves it. I mean, also loves it. (laughs) Yeah. I do love it and also loves it. I really want to get to a point with him where I can run like half marathons and maybe marathons if I can force myself to train in the heat. Yikes. Yeah. But he, yeah, he really will be a great running partner, I think. Yeah, he's he's fairly good at healing, and I never have issues with him really bolting while we're running. Yeah. Granted, we've only ever done it a mile. So I'm really excited for him to reach 18 months so I can mm-hmm. start really running with him. Well, I've done some walks with him, and by the time we hit two miles, like even a mile and a half to two miles, he's kind of dragging, and that's just walking. Like, he, he's, like, kind of tries to walk close to my feet and maybe, like, sticks his head into the stroller. Like, am I going to fit in the stroller? Like, can I fit in that basket? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, it doesn't help that right now no. it's, like, 95 degrees yeah. and, like, 89% humidity. Right, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about where he came from. Okay. Why he's here and where he's going. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So why don't you touch on where he came from? So Emily has been really wanting a dog since we've been married. Yeah. But I just knew, like, the timing wasn't right yet, so I was, like, willing to wait. 
kind of. Um, kind of, yeah. <laughs> at, at, at my behest, she was willing yeah. to wait. Yeah. Um, and she had started following this gal. Lauren Pace, of ours, yeah. Lauren Pace, she's been on the podcast. And mm-hmm. we've been on, have we been on her podcast? No. 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 Um, but she was on our podcast, and so she was kind of like insta-friends with her. Mm-hmm. And loved, loved, loved her dog. Yes, the Llewellyn setter that she has. Oh my gosh, so pretty. And um, in December of 2020, right? 2020. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, time, I know. Time is, weird. <laughs> time is a weird. I feel thing. like the past two <laughs> years have just been a big mush. Yeah. Anyway, um, her dog had. Had puppies mm-hmm. and with their boy dog, who was a German short hair pointer. Right, and Emily loved both of them and loved the puppies. And so I said, "Let's, like, what if we got these this dog?" And then, which I was so surprised by because I wasn't expecting you to want a dog for a long time. And he was just like, "What if we did it? Let's do it." And I was like, "What? First of all, he's in Utah. Second of all, what?" Right, but they were they were in Utah. He was in like the puppy was in. Um, like the same town that my brother is. Yeah, it like, was really They're like convenient. In the same valley. It was super convenient, and yeah. it was going to work out because my mother was going to be in Utah at the same time anyway. So mm-hmm. we just paid for the the plane ticket for the dog and everything, and and it all worked out for my mom just to pick the puppy up and mm-hmm. and bring him home. Uh, yeah, so we got him in February. Yeah, and I loved him because he was both of his parents were hunting dogs, and it was just like a really I don't like wimpy dogs. <laughs> I like manly dogs. Like I want to. Yeah. Like I want you to look at my dog. Well, and be like that's a man dog. At first, Andrew really wanted like a Belgian Malinois. Belgian Malinois. Oh, I want Or like a German so Shepherd. Bad. Like he really loved the like the pointy ear mm-hmm. type dogs. And I honestly was like, I do not want one of those dogs. Like. If you have one, I'm sorry if I offended you. <laughs> but, like, for me, it was just, like, it looks too scary. Like, too much like a wolf. Like, and I, I want like my dog that. to be, like, I want you to be able to look at my dog and be, like, that thing is related to a wolf. Yeah. And I just thought that was, like, too intimidating, too scary. And I didn't, I didn't like that vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. But. So, that's how we decided to get him. And then he, we got him, like, nine weeks later, ten weeks later. Yeah. February. The end of February. And, yeah. So that's where it came from? Yep. Now, (laughs) next question. Well, okay, so while we were waiting for him, because, like, we put the deposit down and everything, like, right when he was born, um, not knowing which puppy we were getting, because we didn't know yet until, like, kind of the tail end of the whole waiting process. (laughs) Tail end. (laughs) Very funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We started following... Standing Stone Kennels. Lifesaver. Lifesaver. Yeah. If you have a dog and you're struggling you're planning to get a dog. with training or like behavior issues, please do yourself a favor. It's free. It's on YouTube. Just watch the videos and then yeah. do the things. And, and they have a podcast and like they put out yeah. tons and tons and tons, tons of content. Tons of content. So they primarily train <clears throat> uh, German short haired pointers and labs. And setters. And setters. But I I think that everything they're doing is applicable to I know. All I dogs. feel like it would be. 
but I don't know because I'm not an expert. But it's everything like everything we do is based off of their program, mm-hmm. and it has been so successful. Yes, like I absolutely I and I felt like I've understood dog. I've come to understand like their mentality so much better because of the program, and I feel really bad about the dog that we had when we were growing up, like my family had growing up, because we didn't know these things. Like uh, we didn't have proper expectations, and so like we were just constantly infuriated by by our dog. Well, I mean, we were the same way. My family actually went through like twelve dogs in my childhood growing up, like because we could just burp. That's really gross. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, the mic didn't pick that up. But I if hope it, it did, <laughs> that's really embarrassing. But um. Yeah, I mean, 12 dogs, and only one of them we didn't have because it died of old age. Wait, what's that? So only one of them we didn't have? One of them, like, we got rid of all of them. Okay. One of them it, made, like, it to old age. made it to old age and died, and that's why we don't have her anymore. Yeah. Um, and that was just, like, last year. Um, so I feel like we just, like, had all these... And I can't speak. I mean, I was a kid, so I can't speak for my parents. Um, and they probably did everything they could to, like, keep the dogs. Because I know that, like, my mom, um, like, was super, super sad and devastated when we had to get rid of some of them. Some of them was probably very relieving for her to get rid of. <laughs> um, but I just, like, I remember that it was, like, hard and the struggle and, ex- like, expectations weren't met. And then, like, we would, like give away the dog or like give it to a a home that would be able to like be better for it and then we would try again with something new and it just like never worked and I actually had a conversation with my dad about this last time we visited over the summer and he said like his biggest issue was that um and I hope I say this right because I don't want to put like the wrong words in his mouth especially with him not here right now um but he basically explained that he didn't want to use the time that he had at home fighting with, punishing, getting aggravated with a dog. He'd rather be with his kids and really be with them while he was home. And I really appreciated that. And I really like, like, I'm glad he told me that because I think in the past it was just like, yeah, for some reason we couldn't keep a dog. (laughs) It just didn't work. (laughs) Um, But now like I, having a dog and then hearing my dad's perspective, like I get it. Like I feel like I've raised my voice and yelled more than I ever have in my entire life since having a dog. And like, I hate that my kids see me like that. I hate that they see me so frustrated. I hate that I'm spending so much time and energy stressed out and irritated at the dog's behavior. I'm like, I totally understand where he's coming from now. Mm -hmm. So that that's that's that I don't know where I was going with that but maybe the whole improper expectations thing yeah and I think that's like, a that's a huge thing right and, and that that's why I was so frustrated because I had this expectation of this perfect dog he's gonna be perfect he's gonna listen to me and he's gonna be great and he is a really good dog but he's a puppy like of course he's going to mess up and not listen and chew my retainer by that the way that one was frustrating that's like his only real big mess up. He's that was had. his big mess up. He's had like a few accidents when he shouldn't have, but 
The biggest thing was he came into my room. He took my retainer and then he walked back out and chewed it up in the family room. It was like he was plotting it. He knew exactly what he was going in for <laughs> and he ate it. I don't think it was that malicious. $225 see, later. See, here's the problem. You even now retelling the story, <laughs> you're you're applying or you're you're assuming malicious intent of yeah. a dog. I I'm, I'm still holding a grudge and it was like a month ago. But yeah. I think, like, I I just had such high expectations, and I don't know why. Like, I really wish I could pinpoint, like, why do I expect so much from him when, like, honestly, he's the best dog I've ever known. Like, he's the most well-behaved, well-trained dog I've ever known. Yeah, and he's super loving and protective. He is. So, like, why am I so angry all the time about him? I don't know, because I expect perfection. Yeah. I, spe- I expect a robot. And he's not a robot. Right. You're expecting, like, to be able to... (laughs) I asked you about this. I don't remember. I'm assuming you remember this. I asked you about a couple weeks ago. We've had very many, like, come-to-Jesus moments together. And I think a lot of it is pregnancy. Yeah. Because you're very patient in general. But, like, I think being pregnant has, like, put you a little more on edge. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Why does he smell like a dog? When he's not even stinky, he's like normal smelling he even may smell good and i'm like but i smell dog well he's a dog you dummy like yeah or like of course you smell like sniff the ground and i'm like why are you sniffing (laughs) don't you sniff my floor and then i asked her about it one time and she said it's like he's ungrateful for the food i give him i was like what on earth are you talking about (laughs) because like i get so frustrated and i'm like i literally just fed you why are you still hunting all over the kitchen floor for food. And it, and um, I, I, it's like, you ungrateful, and entitled I think beast. One thing that really helps <laughs> with this to like make her oh, help. Gosh. One thing that's helped me help Emily set more appropriate expectations is if you put it in perspective of like, like herself, or like a person. Um, I, I think that we, this goes back to another question that came up. We are not like your typical dog parents type people. Hashtag dog mom. Yeah, like we're <laughs> yeah. not about that life. If um, you are, that's, that's Yeah, great. that's you. That's, that's fine. fine. But like for us, like our dog is our dog and not a child. I'm not his mother. Not his mother. I'm not his father. Um, even though we'll say like go to mom. Well, yeah, but you have to have a name for me and for you. Yeah. I'd um, rather the kids here go to mom than go to Emily. Like, it's weird. Yeah. Um, but there, in our minds, there's a very clear distinction. And we don't, I don't think of myself as a dog dad. I think of myself as a dog owner. Yeah. Like, I don't think of myself as like a child owner. <laughs> like, I'm a dad. I'm a dog owner, but I'm a dad. Yeah. And we well, that's one of the questions that we got. We kind of put a poll up a few weeks ago on Instagram. Not like poll poll but like a, a, question, like a box. question box uh, and one of the questions we got was like how do you feel about the whole like dog moms or like parenting relationship with a dog and it's not parenting it's no it's training you train and, a dog and one of the hard things okay. i think this is all my opinion but go ahead one of the hard things is um with children the primary goal is to help them develop agency or like like appropriately use their agency Mm-hmm. and be able to make appropriate decisions of their own accord independently of you. 
And so it's not about training, it's about teaching. Right. Or molding, or however you want to put it. But you can't treat a dog the same way. Like, no. they don't get it. Like, it's, it's, oh, it's so tricky. It's not about, like... It is to an extent about agency, but also it's not. Like, yeah, and, and so we've had to calibrate a little bit because at first we were kind of treating Oslo a little bit like a robot. Like, hey, we put in these inputs and we expect certain outputs, um, just like a robot, right? Like we expect it like, to be exactly how we would want it. But as I found, and we've both found that as we let go of that expectation a little bit and understand that he still is in like an animal with like a, a will, mm-hmm. not, not in the same sense as a person, but there's still a will there and he still has his own instinct and drives and, and wants and, and personality. Um, that, that means we can't expect robotic obedience. And so we're not developing agency or like a, a capacity to, to control agency mm-hmm. in him. But it's not. It's also not as simple as like input output, like you get with a robot, right? And so that's been complicated. Yeah. And I've had to help Emily with that. There've been a couple funny examples where I'm like, okay, <laughs> think about it this way, and you'll see why he does certain things, mm-hmm. or like it makes it. You realize it's a little silly to be angry with him. It's like if your child eats all of his dinner. And then says, Mom, I'm still hungry. You don't get mad you don't at him. You get, like, like raging. Like, How dare you? How dare you want more food than what I have so generously you offered child. you? <laughs> like, no. Why do I treat the dog that way? I don't know. Right. But at the same time, like, no, you don't treat the dog the same as you treat your kid. Like, that's not what we're getting at. Like... Right, but, but... But at the same time, yeah, I understand. Right. But like, it shows you, I think, when you can have... Uh, like, how you can adjust your expectations. Yeah. And so something like, that... Like, our kids, we can say, like, okay, well, if you're still hungry, like, we can get you something else. But we can tell the dog no, because animals will just eat and eat They will eat, eat, like, eat, that's what they're... That's what they think like that they do. Like, their genetic code is programmed they do. for like that, they right? eat and eat and eat. Right. And like, so they we, have no self-control. So we can come in and just stop them like no we're gonna yeah. give you a certain pre- prescribed amount and whatnot and so we have more uh more dominion over them than we have over our children right because our children have more autonomy and we want them to have more autonomy and they're growing into more and more autonomy yeah so with the dog we we can come in and put in measures that we wouldn't put in with with a, with a child but still understanding the drive helps you not be so aggravated mm-hmm. I, was, I think and the funniest one i've said though what? was like emily gets so aggravated when he licks himself oh my gosh it's disgusting right okay and i just okay okay we're a spiritual podcast but we've talked about boobs before we've talked about some things before testicles on a dog are disgusting oh my gosh they drive me insane i literally sometimes i'm like can i just have a pair of scissors like can i do this I, myself I, it, I really don't understand why you they well because so. they're just like big and they hang there and like he can't be on the floor unless he's standing without them dragging on the ground like and so like he's like laying on my rug and his testicles are dragging <laughs> everywhere and he's like <laughs> everywhere he sits they're just like like this, like heaping pile of <laughs> testicles, and I'm like, "You are nasty." You really. And then when he like licks himself, I'm like, 
oh my gosh, I'm going to throw up. But you realize that, like... But, like, yeah, your example of... Go ahead okay, and say so that. Was, first it's off... It's very funny, but... Like... Yeah. You realize, like, <laughs> testicles don't... Like, they're not... <laughs> like, the idea so of them being on the floor and stuff, yes, I get that. That is kind of gross. <laughs> I'm like, my but, babies are on that floor but, and honey, your testicles are dragging all honey, over. But, but you realize... I, I don't know how much of an, an, an anatomy lesson we want to go into, but, like, <laughs> the the portion of that part of the reproductive system that's outside of the body yeah. doesn't secrete anything or make any smells or anything that happens on the outside of the body. I know. Right? I don't know why it's so right? gross. Yeah. Like, I think female dogs are kind of grosser. Probably. In that sense. Probably, especially because they have like periods and stuff, and right. then you have so to anyway, like, put a diaper on them. But I tried to explain to Emily, like, why are you so mad at him that he's like licking himself? Like, it's disgusting. And I said, "Honey, think about it this way: Imagine if you wanted to clean yourself um, <laughs> in your sensitive areas, and <laughs> you had knives on your fingers." <laughs> And no ability to use objects. So your two options to clean yourself are your tongue or the knives on your fingers. Which one do you use? Oh, you're going to put me in a coughing fit from all this laughing. So, like, and I think that's been kind of a, a, not a journey, but like a process for me to like develop empathy for uh, for a dog. I think when I first got Asa, I was still more of a... I had the mentality like, oh, this is my property. This is my animal. Like, he's not a child. Mm-hmm. He is just doing, like, I, I have dominion over him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't have a whole lot of compassion. Yeah. And I think as I try and put myself in those situations, or I, I put myself in his paws, I guess, or his, <laughs> his place, his juice, his um, just to understand things like that. Makes yeah. it, so I, I I feel like it helps me set better expectations. So we had a conversation together like two weeks ago probably, and I just was like sobbing because I was like, Andrew, I don't love this dog. Like I can't. Like I cannot do it. Um, and I was just like crying hysterically. And basically, my takeaway, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, my takeaway from that conversation was this like litmus test that Andrew kind of put forth as a suggestion. Right, I suggested it and say you should have to do this. Like, this might be He's a good... He's always like, I have a suggestion for you. Or like, I've made an observation. No, I say, can I can I make an observation? Or can yeah. I make a suggestion? You're very gentle and kind to me when I'm in my crazy moods. Um, So this litmus test, and it, maybe it will help someone else too, is, is this behavior wrong or am I mad because I can't control him? Um, because there are some things that, like, yes, that behavior is wrong. It needs to be corrected. He can be punished for that, whatever. You know. Right. There are other things that are annoying, like licking himself or sniffing around. He's just curious. That, like, am I mad at him because he's doing something wrong? Or am I mad because, like, he's bugging me? and He's breathing my air. He's breathing my air. <laughs> and, like, I just can't control everything he does. And... I feel like in the last few weeks since we had this conversation, I've been a lot more, like, understanding and forgiving and just, like, 
I've let a lot of things go that before I would just like get so uptight about. Um, and hopefully that helps someone else out there if you're struggling with yeah. your dog right now. And I think this and, is, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. And I was just going to say, um, I, like, I really have struggled with like really loving him and that's really sad. And I'm like really kind of embarrassed and sad to say that, but it's like, it's true. And I'm being honest. Um, but something that has really helped me is like spending time with him helps. <laughs> like, if I go throughout my day and I just do the things I have to do, like, I have to take him potty and I have to feed him, and, like, that's it. And I don't give him any other attention because, honestly, like, I don't want to touch him because I can't stand the dog smell and then I have to wash my hands. And, like, all that drama, like, which pregnancy is, drama. Which is a 100% a pregnancy thing. Oh, I'm like sure. before pregnancy, yeah. you had no problem getting yeah. dogs. I'm sure it's a pregnancy thing. Um, but, like, if I just, like make the silly sacrifice to like cuddle him or like pet him or really like show him some attention or take him on a like a walk and like give him time like those are the days where I actually really like him and I feel like okay like I really can love you like I think I love you today um when we have those moments together and when we have like a good training session and when I I don't just reward him with like the food that he's getting from his training session, but I reward him with like, like praise and like petting attention type stuff. Then I really do like him even more. So it's like the more you show love, the more you will love. Crazy. Crazy mind blowing. And I think before we there's some things I want to talk about as far as like the training stuff that has really, really, really helped. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this is all, you know, it seems like we've been talking just about Oslo and hasn't really been referring to the gospel or how we make our, our home and outpost of heaven. But it was, it is affecting or it can affect the spirit in our home because we're like frustrated or aggravated. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I never yelled or raised my voice before Oslo. Right, and I, I yeah. think it, it doesn't necessarily make it wrong to raise your voice. Um, but I'm, I'm a lot more mindful of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, if you're going to make that commitment to take something into your home and take care of it and be responsible for it, um, you have responsibilities to that thing, right? That animal. And you have to be mindful of how it affects the spirit in your home. And it's de- a definite, um, learning curve and it uh-huh. has been for us. For sure. But along with the learning curve comes blessings that I wasn't really expecting. Okay. I feel like um, so much of our society is based around this idea of avoiding responsibility mm-hmm. and avoiding burden. Um, and by burden, I don't mean it in like the negative way, the way we sometimes talk about burden, Mm -hmm. but burden the sense of responsibility, like the need to care for something else, for someone else, and having control over someone or something, um, and then that control implying that you have responsibility to take care of them. Um, And with a dog, especially I feel like the way that we have decided we wanted to train Oslo, it means that we have to put in a lot of time and effort Mm-hmm. And at first, I felt like my capacity to bear that extra responsibility was really low. 
Oh, mine too. I was like, how am I supposed to do three kids and then like a dog, like training every morning and every night and taking to the bathroom all day and like, yeah, like where's that time going to come from? But Right. And it's it's even less than like the time, but it's like the the willingness to like submit yourself to that extra Mm -hmm. responsibility. Or even to love. Yeah. And to love them. Yeah. And for me, I was specifically thinking about like the the kind of like the burden, mm-hmm. like the, like the the additional responsibility, um, and how it would be easy for me to just like shun away any responsibility. And I'm not saying everyone has to get a dog, or even that we have to no. have a dog for the rest of our life. <clears throat> uh, but I feel like it's been a blessing for me to have additional responsibility. Um, We've definitely learned a lot. Right. And I feel like my capacity to be patient has increased because it's hard. Uh, you're, you you're a better person. You don't think that my capacity... No, yours oh. has. Mine hasn't. I've, yours, but, I've never seen myself more impatient in my life. But you realize seeing yourself as impatient doesn't mean that you are less patient than you've ever been in your life. Yeah, it's just I have more opportunities to be patient that I'm not. No, 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 that's not it. It's that you are... What is it? You are... Um, so imagine, like, think of working out, right? Mm-hmm. So you have... Um, measuring patience by how frequently you become impatient is like measuring how strong you are based off of how many times you struggle and can't lift up the weight all the way. Okay. And so if you're working out, you keep adding weight until you reach your point where you can't mm-hmm. push past push anymore. Mm-hmm. And so you're frequently going to feel like you're weak because you can't push past that. Yeah. Like the you're you're hitting walls. Um but do you think that you're actually weaker than you are if you're not like if you're doing that as opposed to never working out? Cuz if you never work out, you never go to the gym, you're never going to feel that point where like, oh, I'm not, right. I'm not hitting my wall. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I think measuring your patience level based off of how frequently you're impatient doesn't make that much. It doesn't make sense at all. Okay. Especially because what you're you're also doing is you're saying that oh, I should be as patient in this situation as I am as in other situations in my life. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, this situation is different than other situations in your life. Like you're under, most people are likely under more stress now than they were on, uh, than they were under a year ago, or mm-hmm. six months ago, or whatever, right? Like you tend to get on, you tend to find yourself under more and more stress, yeah, because you're, you have more kids, or you get a more intense job, or your relationships, I don't know, more complex or whatever, whatever it is. Like you, mm-hmm. I feel like, at least in our life at this point, like responsibility has steadily increased. Right. And so the the opportunities for patients to be stressed is has also increased. And so you can't compare yourself in like your most recent stressful situation to a situation which you could frequently uh, endure without being impatient. So it's like if you're if your bench max is 200 mm-hmm. um but it was I don't know. I think maybe I'm getting a little too complex. Like my analogy is like a little too complex. But 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, though? I get what you're saying. Right. So, I get what you're saying. So, like, you feeling like you're impatient all the time mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you are less patient than you were. In fact, you're probably far more patient than you were because you've had opportunities to use it. Yeah, and so if suddenly you were in a situation. No, 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 not maybe. Like <laughs> okay, 100%, okay, okay. I am sure of okay. it. Okay. <clears throat> because if you were put in a situation where you didn't have Oslo and you were, like, without the kids, and, like, so you were somewhere for a week. Mm-hmm. And you compared that you to a you before kids and a dog and put you in that same situation that you would be in a week, you now would be way more patient. Yeah, you're probably right. Right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you for (laughs) all that encouragement. Um, Okay, so another question we had is how do we introduce a new puppy to young kids? You want to cover that one? I don't know. I know. I feel like there was no like we, we, we no looked up, structure. There's really a great to it, but. Um, there's a great standing stone kennels video about that. But it's just it's a lot about like setting boundaries really early on. And we so, like, started like boundaries and training like day, day one. one. Yeah, and so we do our training sessions around playtime mm-hmm. and mealtime. And so he doesn't. He almost never gets food just because like he has to earn it. Yeah. And so that only to, happens like if it's really late at night and we haven't fed him yet and we're really tired and we just don't. You mean we, but, when we give him food, we're <clears> training him? Yeah. 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 So usually he has to go through a training session and we reward him with his meal. His meal. Yeah. So as, so, okay. Let me back up a little bit and give more of like the technical, like how we do training. Is that okay? okay? Yeah. So like, let's say it's morning time. I always feed my family first. He waits. Um... So breakfast, I get all the kids breakfast and everything. Am in his bottle. Um, Oslo must stay on the bed, like his bed, his kennel. We call it the kennel um, while we eat. So anytime we're at the table and we're eating, like he is on his bed. Um, After the kids have eaten, after I have eaten, then he gets his food. So that's when I do his training session. And it's like his food amount in a cup and we have a clicker we do clicker training and um every time he does a command or does an action every time responds to a cue um you click the clicker you give him a little handful of food and you do that the clicker is an audio uh what is it called stimulant to him to let him know that what he did was behavior that we like mm-hmm. and we want him to continue right otherwise i mean you probably don't have to use a clicker but we've used a clicker and it's been very successful and it's like um, a three dollar investment or five dollar yeah. investment um but otherwise like you as a person like get kind of like used to him doing the cues or like responding to the cues or doing the tricks or whatever you're doing um and so like you're in your voice the dogs can tell like oh she's not as impressed this time when i rolled over as she was last time maybe i won't do it again this time um but the clicker it always sounds the same like they always like you can still say good job good boy whatever but you use that clicker and they know like it's great job every time Mm -hmm. you know um and then, so I typically, I am the one that usually feeds in the morning. I do a morning training session. And I go about, like, three quarters of the way down the cup. And then um, 
the rest of that food, the last quarter, the last third, um, is his jackpot. So if he does like a great job, he's been really good, he's been listening, that's his jackpot and he gets that in his dog food bowl with water um, at the end. And so that's kind of like what a training session looks like. Um, he also has a shock collar, which is, it has a beeper, a vibrator, and a shock feature. Um, I will admit to over-shocking him on occasion um, when I could have used a beep or a vibrate. Sometimes I go straight for the shock. but Yeah, and, and there's a technique um, to how all this works and to like yeah. when to use the the, cal- the collar and whatnot. And mm-hmm. and I, I don't think we need to go into a ton of details about no. like what we do for training and how it works. When I, I, I would recommend just going to watch <coughs> the Sanding Stone Kennels videos if yeah. you are interested in the specifics. I would say like they're super, super effective and we've loved working with them. And um, we haven't worked with them like directly, but we've watched their videos and we follow mm-hmm. them on Instagram. And they're super, super helpful. Yeah. Okay, and so, so, so point, you oh. have, we've talked a lot about why mm-hmm. owning a dog is hard. Yes. Share some positive things about a dog. Um, It's really fun for the kids. The kids really do like him. They really do love him. And it's, like, fun to watch the dog and the kids play together. And um, it's, it is kind of like having a buddy. Like, when he's, um, when he's behaving well, like, it's really fun. And it's, like, fun to have a pal and, like when we're like in a good place with each other like and he follows me around the house like it's cute it's so cute and it's fun it feels like you have a little pal um yeah and I feel like I feel like he's becoming more part of the family I feel like he's always for Andrew and for the kids he's always been a part of the family but for me it was just like no you're the dog which is so funny because guys I was the one who wanted the dog in the first place (laughs) Anyways, but for me, for so long, it was like, nope, he's the dog. This is my family. Um, but I feel like I'm letting him become a part of the family. Yeah. Well, part of the problem is that I feel like you were... And we've talked about this, so I'm not like just putting words right. in your mouth. I feel like you were uh, expecting love and obedience from him as if he was a part of a fam- the family. Mm-hmm. While not willing, being willing to put in the appropriate expectations and emotional work into yeah. uh, getting him to that point. Yeah. And so we had to, we were maybe holding on too tightly to this idea that you're not our child. Right. But and that so, doesn't mean that he couldn't be some part of the family. Right. He couldn't be loved. Right. Right. So there can be something, it, it, it's not like just robot or child. Like there, there's mm-hmm. a in between that I think dogs rightfully fit into or can fit into without it being weird yeah yeah for sure yeah i mean that's all i really have to add to like the positive like honestly i'm still working on it i'm still working on loving him the way that i know that i should yeah is that disappointing for you no. are you bummed no, no? Okay. I'm this. None of this is a surprise. I've I know. <laughs> I know. Are you bummed that I'm I saying love, it on the podcast though? I love Oslo. I think he's. I know you he's do. He's a super great dog. Um, I, I get aggravated with him still, um, and there are times where I'm tired or I, I'm having a hard time that I get frustrated with him. But I feel like he's a little buddy. Oslo um, loves Andrew so yeah. much. Yeah. So much. It's I, so I cute to watch. We we. 
I'll, I'll share like one last training thing I do mm-hmm. with them. That's my favorite thing to do in the world with the dog. Okay, go ahead. Um, I, I, I do love running and I'm really excited to have a running buddy. But we also do um, room clearing. And so several times we've come home from and like a door, the front door has been wide open. And so we're like, is somebody in the house? Is somebody robbing Sometimes, the house? Sometimes like the wind just hits it right and it like pops open. Yeah, if like one yeah. of the kids are out last and they don't happen to shut it all the way, yeah. or we don't happen to lock it. Uh, sometimes that will happen, but we still we don't know when we get there. Right. And so I, I get home and uh, if that happens, like I'll pull out my pistol and then I'll, I'll I'll walk through the house and I'll clear the house and make sure everything's safe. And I uh, I did that one time with Oslo and Oslo was like didn't really get what we were doing and so i thought i'm gonna train him to figure out how to do this better Mm -hmm. and so i've been training him how to clear rooms and so we've been like it's really cool to watch honestly it's super awesome and so we're like we'll clear we'll clear the house from room to room yeah and i have some training pistols that i use and some training guns and so like i'm not walking around the house with with like real firearms practicing but he is getting used to what it looks like because i have have training firearms Mm -hmm. and it's I think it's super fun. It's super, super cool. And so I think finding things that help you bond with your dog are super mm-hmm. helpful. You know, in some ways yeah, it is like, like like a human relationship. Right. Like, it's like what I was saying. Like, if you put in the love, like, you're going to feel the love. Yeah. So I, I know that I need to do more of the emotional work and more of the, like, physical work to give him attention and love. Yeah. And I know that once I do... And on a daily basis, like, on the days that I am better at it, like, I, I notice that I feel happier with him. And one question I have for myself is, you know, how much, like, what does a Christ-like relationship with an animal look like? Like, I don't feel good necessarily when I'm yelling or when I'm, you know, if I punish him or if I hit him or anything like that. Right. Um but I also think that it can be necessary. And so I, I don't know exactly what that yeah. looks like. I think I, like we're still learning and figuring it out. And I am especially learning and figuring it out because I've been in so many situations where I'm just like livid with him. But it doesn't feel good at all. And it takes the spirit right out. And I'm just like, I don't know how to react and respond to it then. I don't know. Like, I don't know sometimes how to keep the spirit with me and also, like, punish him and be angry or, like, let him see that, like, that is not okay. Yeah. It's different than parenting. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's hard. But I think the important thing to take away from this is that, like, the Savior is invested even in that. Like, he's invested in everything about our lives. Yeah. And, and there is a Christ-centered way to do things. I don't know if there's, like, a what would Jesus do answer for every little thing? Because I think that... Although I do think about that. Well, I think that (laughs) Jesus could do... This is like my my beef with the what would Jesus do question. I I think the more apt question is what would Jesus have me do? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because what what Jesus would do in a particular situation isn't necessarily the ultimately right thing to do. Right? Like he could put on a red t-shirt or a blue t-shirt and it's fine. Right? Or he could dress a certain way, or he could uh, interact with animals a certain way and have other people interact with animals a different way and have it also be totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, or interact with people. or So like th- there are Christ 
there are principles of Christ-like behavior that are applicable across all people, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it always looks exactly the same. Right. And which I think I think that's a beautiful, wonderful thing because that means we don't all we don't all have to be exactly the same. That makes sense. Uh, and so, it's just then falls on us to actively think about what the Lord would have us do in all situations of our life and seek his guidance, even in like seemingly silly little things like how we discipline our dogs mm-hmm. yeah, and how we love our dogs. And so I, I think it's maybe silly and seems funny, but I think the Lord's invested in it. And I felt him like kind of guide me towards some things and away from other things. And I'm not, an expert by any means, but I felt that engagement. And so that's my, my little testimony is that like the savior is invested and the father are invested in, in helping us be more Christ-like in every aspect of our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like that. And thank you for sharing that and turning it back to yeah. the gospel. Like you <laughs> <Right>. do. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Anything else? Um, no, I don't think so. His right. name, where'd it come from, real quick? Oh, Oslo uh, is named after the city, Oslo in Norway. Uh, we wanted to... We were actually going to name our next boy that. We thought about it, And now it, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's so weird. <laughs> but yeah. But I think you think it's weird now just because... Because it's a dog, dog name, name in my head, yeah. Yeah. Oslo is the capital of Norway, and it is the area of Norway where most of my Norwegian ancestors are from. So I have a lot of ancestors from Norway, and they're mostly from the Oslo area. And so we were kind of giving a tribute to the to the ancestors. Yeah. Yep. If it was going to be a, if we got a girl, we were thinking about either Riga, where Emily and I spent some time after we were first married, which is a, a city on the Baltic Sea in Latvia. Or Vasa, which is the area of Finland where Emily's ancestors are all yeah. from. We also thought about Ragnar for a boy. Oh, yeah. That would have been sweet. I'm, I'm, that would have been sweet. If we get another boy dog, it's going to be Ragnar. I think we'll get a girl next. Ragnar Lothar. Actually, I can't think about another dog. Sometimes I'm We're like, never I could do another dog. Emily's like, but then I'm like, why would I want to do that when I can't even like mentally and because emotionally and spiritually pregnancy this one. is an emotional roller coaster pregnancy brief. is i honestly really we got him in february and i found out i was pregnant in march and like <clears throat> i feel like it just everything meshed together and i don't know what's pregnancy and what's me <laughs> and <laughs> i don't know so hopefully after we have this baby i'll be like oh okay right well i think like pregnancy it still it still is you I mean yes it's still right. me but it's not like you're yeah. an alien but, I know I know that but yeah like the, it's an a, additional strain that or additional hormonal strain that will not always be there right yes okay, okay. well let's let's wrap up alright guys Um, if you've loved our podcast we would really appreciate a five star rating on Apple Podcasts we would love that and find us on Instagram because we'll be posting pictures of Oslo he's really cute he's really beautiful um, and you will think so too. I know. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, so keep the faith. Bye.